We are back with Inside the Green Room Without Danny Green. I am Harrison Sanford right here on the SiriusXM Podcast Network. You'd also catch us on YouTube from time to time at NBC Sports Philadelphia. All right, guys. I really, really, really wish I could take those two and a half hours back. Joining us, subbing in for Danny, uh, is my friend Q Myers, who does Raiders Nation Radio out in Las Vegas, and who will be joining me on Saturday, or I'll be joining him on Saturday on ESPN Radio Game Night. We've been doing it. We've done two shows already. Should be a lot of fun this upcoming Saturday. We'll be pre. Will we be previewing a Game Seven? Between the Miami Heat and Philadelphia 76ers? I got no idea. <laughs> it's very unfortunate. Q, thank you for joining us. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's it's a pleasure to be on with you. I'm excited about talking about some hoop action and uh, the games that we saw on uh, on Tuesday night, man. It's it's uh, interesting to say the least. Let's put it like that. <laughs> listen, man. I listen, man. It was annoying. It's annoying as a basketball fan, right? Right. Just because it's game. We're all lit for game fives, right? right? It's game fives are just it's right there with game six, game seven. It's that's when series get decided. And tonight, Tuesday, Tuesday night, you see the Suns absolutely get blitzed. The 76ers absolutely get blitzed. And I have a bunch of issues with the Philadelphia 76ers. And my optimism after game four was super high. And a lot of it is gone. And we'll start with one, Joel Embiid. Hugh, <laughs> I've been telling our listeners that Joel Embiid is the emotional light for this team. When he when he got that fractured thumb against Toronto in game four, you could see it in his mood and the way he played that trickled down to the team. It's part of the reason why I believe they lost game four. Part of the reason why they lost game five. He was so upset, distraught with it, not just from how he was efficiently, but from what it did from his swag level. He's a big man. He wants to command the attention of the team and his his energy, his swag. It trickles down. And I think that's a large reason why they lost game four and game five. Eventually, he got it back. And then tonight. Shout out to him for playing. Yes, but we're over that now. You're on the court. (laughs) We're, right. on the, we're evaluating you as a right. basketball player now. Forget all the orbital bone. Forget all the balcony concussion. They cleared you. You're good to go. We're, we're judging you as that. He was out of it. And, and Charles Barkley said during halftime of the TNT broadcast that it was because he was upset that he didn't get the MVP award. Joel was so distracted by his MVP stuff. He came out with no energy, distracted, and the rest of the team followed. I'm wondering if there's more than that. No. I'm wondering if he's aching. All, yeah, yeah. I all mean, that. He just played good the last two games. He, he played okay, yeah. He played yeah, okay. He played well. He, yeah, he played. But, he okay, played look, he's coming off a concussion. He got hit in the face tonight. I don't, I don't know. He played the last two games. I, mean, I, played, I know. He played, he played well. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just wondering, man. If, well, and I'm, and if, I'm every, tell, if everything is good, and, and I'm telling is he you, sick? Is he is he sore from this? I don't know. I, he, he, I told you this before. <clears throat> Nobody cares. I'm just. No, you're I'm right. Just wondering. Ernie, I'm right. just telling with my opinion. Okay. Because he wasn't aggressive. I don't mind you guys having a bad game. He was shooting fadeaway jumpers. He shot a three. He wasn't aggressive. I, I'm trying to figure. He only shot the ball 12 times. 12 times. But Seven out of 12. Remember, he started playing really – he actually made some plays in the second half, but the game was out of control. He was distracted. The other players, you know, because they're going to follow him, just like they did in Philly when they won the last two games. And he was out uh, – he was just out of it. 
And, man, I, I feel bad because he's a great kid. But sometimes things happen that bother you. Uh, and tonight he was clearly not there, and the rest of the team followed. It's facts. It's absolute facts, you know. And unfortunately for the 76ers, Joel Embiid's one of those players that has such an infectious personality. You mentioned it. You know, he's the guy that if he's real high, the team could be high. He's one of those guys that you just, you know, you have buddies like that that have that great personality and they're always up-tempo and they're always excited. So it just kind of makes you in the mood. Well, when they're in a bad mood, guess what? You're in a bad mood too. And you could tell that Joel Embiid was in a bad mood. And to be pouting over the MVP award, I get it. You wanted it. You lobbied for it it all year long you probably deserved it you know your team is in the playoffs and you can clearly see that the 76ers they go as Joel Embiid goes I, I won't even get started on James Harden but to go out there in a play oh, we'll get to game, him oh I know but go out in a playoff game that you got to have game five we know most series as you mentioned are determined by the winner of game five and to go out in that game five and not give it everything you got to go out there and just kind of like sulk and act like oh I'm just gonna take my ball and go home that's, that was a piss-poor performance. It really was bad, man. I, I don't I respect Joel Embiid a lot. I love the way he plays the game, but he didn't play the game in Game 5, and, and now the 76 is up against it. It looks like they're going to be going home soon. I can't, I can't believe I can't believe that we actually can think that he did not play hard because he didn't win the MVP award. He said it in the postgame, bro, that he knew for over two weeks. So I don't think it was just all of a sudden that he – it was official. He all of a sudden figured he all of a sudden got in the mood. He said he's known for two weeks. I think Tim Bontemps from ESPN did that yeah. straw poll. It was pretty much known that Nikola Jokic was going to get it. Right. I just, I, 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 I wish I, it's the most logical answer for sure right. that he was just upset about not getting the MVP, but I cannot fathom that because that is so unbelievably bad. To, if that was the case in a moment like this, where you have the chance to take out the number one seed and get a commanding. You take away the Heat's heart if right. you win three straight with you in the lineup because they're like, oh, damn, I guess they are the better team. We struck gold with him being out game one and two. I can't fathom it. There has to be something else. And well, then Miami got him. Maybe maybe Miami got him. Maybe South Beach got him. Maybe he became a victim of South Beach. I mean, that's what they say, but he ain't no rookie. He ain't no rookie. Yeah. It ain't the first time he's been to South Beach, so I find that hard to believe. It was something. He was in his emotional uh, uh, feelings. You know, he was in his feelings, and it just it was not a good look. And, again, he's one of those players, unfortunately, for the Sixers, one of those players, as he goes with emotions, they're going to go. And there wasn't a whole lot of fight to the 76ers, and Miami took full advantage of it. Even DJ Khaled was clowning. <laughs> on the on the on the court side you know giving Spolstra a, a, a massage and grabbing the ball and clapping to the crowd you can't let Khaled get involved you can't no it was out of I saw Meek Mill was there too actually yeah and you got feel he, he didn't pull up to Miami for that Sixers fans will tell you that he has been emotional he's been moody throughout the entirety of his career and I don't know if that's and he didn't do himself any favors because he really he went off about Bill Simmons in his post-game press conference saying that Bill Simmons is somebody who shouldn't be voting for the MVP because Jalen, he said, uh, excuse my language, fuck Jalen Green. And that has an impact on like all NBA, uh, has an impact on how much money a, a player could potentially get because, you know, all of these like super maxes and the rookie right. extensions, they get impacted by all NBA voting and all that. I agree to a certain extent that I think coaches, and players should get a snippet or percentage of these all NBA or these NBA awards, kind of like what they do with all-star. Nonetheless, it's a real bad look for Joel 
because he is the key to everything that they do. He's yep. not only like he doesn't. And, and here's what here's what kills me. Here's what kills me. He and the team, they simply play. They, they were soft. Yep. Point blank period. They were soft. He has to fight for position. He has to fight for position multiple times. It's like you can see from the beginning of the game, as soon as he got fronted or a pass went awry, a bad turn over here, and Danny had a couple bad passes too. It was just like, all right, I'm good, I'm good on this. And right. it was just like, no, like you, we salute you for physically being out there. <laughs> Great. Right. But you have to mentally yep. be out there even more so. You have to continue to give efforts. Uh, even when you feel like you've done enough, you have to do more. You cannot let the you cannot lose a game because a team wants it more than you. That's what I mean, you get outskilled. Fine. You get luck, luck, luck of the bounce. It is what it is. They were soft tonight. Point blank, period. They really were. It was embarrassing. You know, Doc Rivers, he didn't flat out say it, but I mean, he, he might as well came out after the game and just said, hey, we got our ass kicked. You know what I mean? He said, hey, we didn't play very good defense. Uh, you know, they went on runs anytime they wanted to. Uh, there was bad passes. There was a lot of turnovers. We just didn't play good ball, didn't focus on, on what they were supposed to do. The task at hand was going there and win game five. Now, if they lost game five, like you mentioned, because Miami was just a better team, fine. You tip your cap and you say, okay, we'll get you in game six. But to go out there and lose the way that they lost, that was embarrassing. And I could really appreciate Doc Rivers after the game because, like I said, he didn't quite come out and just say what, what was on his mind as far as getting flat out just beat and punched in the mouth. But you could read between the lines. He was talking about the Sixers got punched in the mouth. And hopefully for them, it sent a message to the team like, hey, man, you do realize this is the playoffs. You do realize there's only one more game left. If we lose this one, we're going home. For a team that has aspirations of winning an NBA title, which they should, it was a disaster disaster out there and to your point doc rivers I, I i when i listened to the press conference one of the things that he said that stood out to me he said they owned our space tonight yep owned yep. our space that is an embarrass that is it that is so telling of what happened tonight and pretty much doc calling them out for being soft that's what they were point blank period they played they were soft they were the soft team tonight uh, speaking of another player that Doc kind of called out, but really didn't. But we, if you read between the lines, you know what's going down. Uh, he, Cliff, can you play the sound from Doc Rivers, please? Yeah, that's that's one game. We move on. Uh, you 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 learn from it. Some of the things they did, some of the things we just didn't do, uh, and it was obvious. It was obvious to the naked eye. You know, um, you know, we got to establish Joel at the beginning of the game. I, I thought we went away from that, uh, and and like. That's who we have to establish every night and then play from that. And I, I didn't think we did that. That goes to our friend, or it seems like it's directed towards our friend and Q's friend, James Harden. He ain't my friend. He ain't my homeboy. <laughs> he ain't my homeboy, man. I wouldn't get caught dead with him. <laughs> I've been I've been on this I've been on this tip for a while. We don't need James Harden to be a 30 point per game score. Right. And I think honestly, I thought he got geeked up off of game four. He played like he got geeked up off of game four because he hit all those step backs in crucial moments. And the, the media kind of like, I'm sure he got some homies texting him or whatever. He played tonight yeah. like he was Houston Harden. And he doesn't need to be Houston Harden. What he needs to do, first and foremost, above all, is run the offense. It felt like he, he I think he only ended the game, let's see how many turnovers he ended the game with. He ended the game with four turnovers. It felt like eight. Right. Because bad shots. 
lost the ball a couple of times, took shots that eventually just ended up being layups for the other team, yep. lost P.J. Tucker way too many times. P.J. Tucker should not be scoring in double digits. It is not a, he's not a double-digit type of scorer. He just had a terrible game from orchestrating the offense, never got Joel Embiid the ball in ideal situations, a horrific game from James Harden, and it's not like he shot 20 shots. Right. You have one job, be the point guard, and he wasn't that tonight. No, no, he wasn't. And, you know, I, I felt some kind of way about James Harden for a very long time. I always say that he's not a winner. Uh, he's a guy that can score. He can score in a phone booth. I mean, he can create all the time. I don't like the style that he plays. I don't like ISO James because he doesn't start creating the offense like he should. I mean, he's got to run that thing, and he's got to run it thing to a T. That's what they brought him in there for. Uh, him and Joel Embiid are a great one-two punch when they're clicking, but they just haven't been clicking, and they're not clicking. And, of course, he did have that big game for, as you mentioned, he was getting emotionally pumped up. He was Fired up. He was yelling at the crowd. Everyone had his back. And then game five happened. Then reality kicked back in. James Harden, here he comes again. Slow James, moving like he's, uh, you know, just out of shape James, just not into it James. Uh, South Beach James, I guarantee he's at a club right now. I don't know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's just what he does. He's at a club. He's like, I'll catch my own flight. Don't worry. I'll get back to Philly and, and do my own thing And whenever I get there. He's he's his own character, man. And so uh, I, I just don't like to fit with, with James Harden. I don't really like to fit with him anywhere. I'd rather see James Harden on a team that's not expecting to go uh, deep into the playoffs. Just let him go out there and entertain and make money and do what he does because he's not a winner, in my opinion. So uh, that's part of the problem. That's a major part of the problem as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, 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 know, I know where your angle is on James. And, you know, obviously I have rooting interests. Even though I'm not a fan, I have rooting interest. I could see the I could see the greatness in him, right? Everyone I could can see, see it. Yeah, everyone can see the I greatness. Could see it, and yep. again, like just all you have to do is push the ball up the court. Accept the fact that you shouldn't be attacking PJ Tucker. Accept right. the fact that you shouldn't be attacking Bam Adebayo. Accept the fact that even if it's like a Victor Oladipo, you don't have to go at him. Because you have this guy named Joel Embiid who wants the ball. And if Joel Embiid's not demanding the ball, you tell Joel Embiid to demand the ball. Right. Because that is the one distinct advantage they have on every single possession. And the fact that they cannot run, optim get optimal shots on every possession is his fault. Right. That's Nobody else. That's seriously between him and CP3. CP3 makes everyone around him better. You know what I mean? He knows how to run the offense. He doesn't worry about getting his points unless he has to. If he has to go get his points, he can. But he makes everyone around him better. I don't think that that's the case with James Harden. And that's why when I say he's not a winner, that's what I mean. I know he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a talent. He's going to make a lot of money. He's going to score a lot of points. He's going to get to the line. He's going to do what he wants to do. He's got this great jump, uh, step back three or three pointer that looks like a travel every time, but that's fine. Whatever. They don't call travel. So who cares? Let him do what he does. It's entertaining. But it's not winning ball. That's the problem because in the NBA and every other sport, you're playing for one reason only to win. And he's not getting it done. It's 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 frustrating if you're a Sixers fan because you're asking a guy to do something, you know, he's clearly capable of doing. Right. It's not like you're asking him to have some out of body experience. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, just come down here. You analyze the offense as you as you as you see it fit. And once you analyze it wisely, you should probably know that you taking a step back jumper after eight dribbles with nobody moving around you is probably the least optimal shot you could take in this possession. And it happens way too often. And again, 
this is where this is where you have to start consider where you start to think about James Harden as he fits on the Sixers long term because everybody's gonna especially if they lose Game Six, right. his contract is gonna be a big discussion. I'm not point. paying him long term deal. I'm not paying him. I'm letting them play it out. I'm letting them go ahead and and opt in and get that 45 mil and play it out and see what happens. But I'm not giving him a long term deal. Now I don't know if that's what Daryl Morey is gonna do, and I don't know if James Harden's gonna opt in. But I wouldn't give him a long term deal. There's no way I'd no way I'd give that dude a long term deal. It's funny because he's playing almost like his house. He's playing like his house money. Yeah, he knows what's up. <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is crazy to me, right? Because <laughs> he doesn't, it, it wouldn't seem like he has great leverage, right? Who else, what other team out there is going to give him that, give him he's that type Uncle of money? Darryl, that he man. Be he's got Uncle Daryl. It's unfortunate. It's Uncle unfortunate Darryl. to see. Uncle Daryl's going to take care of him, man. That's family. Uncle Daryl's going to put his arm around his shoulder and say, James, we're going to get you the right coach in here. Je- Ultimately, Doc Rivers is going to lose his job because James Harden is not who James Harden should be, and Joel Embiid is in his feelings. And it's just, I mean, he's going to ultimately lose his job, and James Harden's going to get paid a boatload of money just because, because Uncle Daryl. I-, I wish I, I could have said, well, game five happened, and it could have been resembling of games one and two or games three and four where it's like, Shooters, shooters missed. Yeah, shooters. It's a make or miss league. I wish right. I could have said that for sure, but I can't say that. It really came down to Joel Embiid just not emotionally being there. And again, like I don't want. I want to salute him for putting his body on the line. The over the bone fracture, the mild concussion, the ligament in the right in the right in the right thumb. These are all to be saluted. The fact that he's like, I'm going out there. However. You are out there. So you are being evaluated like an NBA player. And if you miss a couple shots, that's fine. If you miss a couple dunks, you get you you drop a rebound or two, it's cool. But when you actually don't put in the effort to get that best positioning in the post, when you don't put in the effort to box out your man, when you don't when you don't even seem like you're cheering on your teammates, like <laughs> Then you are going to get criticized because you could be physically in the game and not mentally be there. That is unacceptable. In this moment in time, you can't be that person. He warmed up by himself. He literally warmed up by himself. In shoot around, he was by himself. You mentioned not cheering on his team. He did not cheer on his team. He was not with his team. He wasn't uh, pumping his team up. He wasn't telling them that they're going to go win. He wasn't giving any motivational anything. He was doing the exact opposite of a great leader. He was being a terrible leader. He was going to battle by himself, and it didn't look like he wanted much of a battle on Tuesday night for sure. Yeah, Chris Haynes pointed it out during the broadcast. He went to shoot around by himself. Uh, So I think the 76ers tweeted out a video. There's like a little pregame huddle uh, like uh, that happens before they run out into the arena. All the teammates, all the team was there. I did not see Joel Embiid there in that little run out to the tunnel. Again, we charge him with being a talented offensive and defensive player. We also charge him to be a leader. He was not a leader in game five. That is on him. He has to own that. They played soft. He has to own that. James Harden, we charge him with being a point guard and helping Joel be a leader, be the guy who could take Joel to the promised land because Joel can't bring the ball up and score it and assist it. He can't do it all. All he has to do is play with a guy who's been, act like he's a guy, a guy who's been in the league for more than 12 years handling the ball. And he didn't do that tonight. He got punched, he got pressured, and he reverted, and he got caught up in step-back jumper Houston Harden, and it was a damn shame because now – even if they win game five, even if they win game six, you got to go back to Miami right. and do it again. Right. 
James Harden, he can only take Joel Embiid to the club. That's all he could take him to. He could take him to the club. He could bring out the bag. He can all the girls come running out. James is in the building. James is here. That's what used to happen in Houston. As soon as James rolled into the club, hey, James is here. James is here. All right, great. All the ladies come out from the back. That's the only place that he could take Joel Embiid, unfortunately, because he's a hell of a talent, and I would love to see him be better, but he's just not that dude. Sorry. I'm I'm all for, and you and I talked about this, I'm all for guys changing their narrative evolving as people and beating the charges, beating the allegations, but he's, but he's not putting himself in a position to no, do that. No, he's guilty as charged. <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> guilty as charged as of now. We'll see what happens in game six. Obviously we'll do a post game show for that. That'll be on Thursday. I believe Howard Beck will be joining us uh, from, from sports illustrated uh, to do that post game show for game six. And hopefully we will have game seven. Uh, and if there is a game seven, that'd be on Sunday. And before that, that would mean that uh, Q and I would probably be talking about it on ESPN radio game night. Q and I, that would be on Saturday evening. We'll get to, I'll tweet out the official time when we get it, when we figure out what else is happening on Saturday as well. Uh, speaking of what we might be talking about on ESPN radio on Saturday is a team that Q is actually a fan of. Mind you, as you guys know, I'm not a fan of the Philadelphia, Philadelphia 76ers. Lies. Root, All lies. I am, All lies. I am rooting for them. <laughs> I have rooting interest in the Sixers. I would prefer, I would prefer that they win. I would prefer <laughs> that they win. I don't, I'm not dying if they lost. Uh, Q is a Golden State Warriors fan. And I would say this, yes. I before the, before the playoffs started, I was going to punch. I thought they were the best team in the NBA if all health stays stays the same. Right. And I would say this, not only are they the best team now, but it looks like they got the easiest road, man. They are getting lobbed. They, 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 they got Denver right. without Murray coming back. Or yeah. Obviously, Michael Porter Jr. didn't look likely at all. And now John Moran is out for the rest of the series. You have Every Warrior fan has to think that they have to win it. Not have to win it, but they have to be the favorite, right? I would think so. I think Phoenix is going to be a tough out, you know, because I do think Phoenix is going to knock off Dallas as we saw what they did on Tuesday night to Dallas. They gave them the business as well. Uh, I think that that the Warriors are going to have a tough out with with the Suns. Uh, you know, I still think that they have a tough game or so with the Grizzlies. I mean, who knows? The Grizzlies are still really good even without John Morant, but that's an up and coming team. And I look at the Grizzlies as a team that looks it reminds me of the Warriors when they were up and coming, when they just drafted Steph, they had Clay, they had just got Draymond. They were starting to put a nucleus together under Mark Jackson and so I see that in the Grizzlies so I think that they have a bright future it's just not yet you know and John Moran unfortunately is injured and he's out so I, I do think that the Warriors have a great opportunity to make a run I'll tell you the one thing that, that concerns me and worries me as a fan not being an ESPN guy not being a radio dude as a fan what worries me about the Warriors is all the damn turnovers they have they have they get so loose with that damn ball and they're so it's not even arrogant, but they're almost so cocky about it because they're like, oh, don't worry. We're down six. We're down nine. We're down 12. It's cool. A couple Steph three pointers and we'll be right back in a couple clay three pointers. Hell, Otto Porter was hitting a couple threes the other night. It's like, yep, you know, they, they won a game against the Grizzlies that they had no business winning the other night. And it's just because. Oh, they're able to turn it on when they want to. And that's a dangerous game to play, especially in the playoffs. That's the only thing that concerns me. You've got to be locked. You know, you watch enough sports, enough basketball. You've got to be locked in, man. You can't all of a sudden try to flip a switch. But they've been getting away with it. It's because they're playing, like you mentioned, Denver. And they're playing a, a, a banged-up Grizzlies team. Phoenix ain't going to let you be able to try to punt, turn it on in late in the fourth quarter and think you're going to steal a game. It just ain't going to happen. Yeah, it feels like uh, Phoenix would, or or it feels like 
Phoenix or Dallas because they have Luca who makes sure they run an elite offense. They're like two tiers up in terms of execution. The right. shots, the shot selection from Memphis. I would hate being a Grizzlies fan because right. it felt like you could have been done. They could have been done with Timberwolves in five games. Yep. They could have, they could easily be tied up or be three one against the Warriors right now if yep. they were just smart. Yep. Yep. Basketball yep. smart. You know. Yeah. They, they take terrible. It's not basketball smart. They should have blown. The Warriors should have been down by twenty the other night. You know, they should have been late in the fourth quarter. They should have been down twenty. Instead, they're down like three. You know, I mean, just they're shooting stupid three-pointers. Guys that have no business shooting three-pointers are shooting them. They're turning the ball over. They're getting reckless. I'm thinking, are they really trying to hand this game back to the Warriors? And ultimately, they did. You know, the Warriors for like three quarters and maybe three and a half quarters played like the Kings. And we all know Mike Brown just got the head coaching job of the Sacramento Kings. I thought the Monstars came and stole the, the Warriors' <laughs> skills and switched them out with the Kings. And they still found a way to win the game. That's just ridiculous. You know, uh, so part of my job here, Q, we can get you out of here soon. Part of my job here is to monitor what the internet says about Danny. So I type in, like, at the end of every game or the end of every night, I'll just type in Danny Green's name on Twitter and see what's being said. As it pertains to the Warriors, there is a lot of commentary as it pertains to Danny Green and Clay Thompson. Obviously, they have the injury history. A lot of people are saying, like, uh, like, Clay Thompson is a glorified Danny Green, the way he's performing, because he's been on and off. Obviously, yeah. he's coming back from the injury. Right. How do you evaluate how Clay has looked so far? You know, he's he has moments where he's great. He looks like all day Clay is what I like to call him because, man, when he's on, he's fantastic. But, I mean, he's just – you could tell that he's just a step slower. You know, defensively, he's just not quite the guy that he was. And, to me, it looks like he's pressing to, to try to get going, to get jump-started offensively. It looks like he's pressing, trying to force some shots. I think he's just got to relax, take a deep breath, let it come to him. And if he misses 15 shots, then he misses 15 shots. But just – Keep firing, but don't try to press and get outside of yourself. And so I feel like that's what he's doing. But, um, you know, whenever Clay has some bad games, he usually turns around and has a really good game. So uh, I think that the best Clay Thompson is still to be seen. And if they do end up playing the Suns or the Mavs in the next round, they're going to need him. So I, I think that he's going to continue to get better. Uh, I, I, I really do like Clay, man. He's one of my favorite players to watch just because of his cool, calm demeanor. Like he almost has that I don't care attitude, but you could tell that it means everything, you know, but it's just like he's so chill. It's almost hard to read him, but man, he's a hell of a player. So I think he's going to continue to get better. He's just pressing a little bit right now and, and trying to get back to that old, old Clay style that helped them win those championships that they won already. He's trying to get back there. So he'll, he'll be all right, though feel very strong that the Warriors can squeeze out another title or two out of this dynasty before, but my best bet Q, my best bet to win the NBA championship right now, okay. the bucks are at least on DraftKings Sportsbook. The bucks are plus plus one seventy to beat the Celtics right now Ooh. in their conference semifinals plus 400 to win the East and then plus 800 to win the finals. Let me give you my case. One, Al Horford had to have a damn masterclass yes. in order for in order for them to, yep. to for the Celtics to win. The Bucs had won. They were winning going into the fourth quarter. Same thing in game, same thing in game three. The Bucs allowed 43 points in that fourth quarter in game four. If right. they just played their normal amount of defense, their regular standard defense, they're yep. up 3-1. Right. On top of on top of that. They have not ruled out Chris Middleton. And there's a reason why, because there's a chance that he could. The situation hasn't been dire yet. I Mm -hmm. really think that there's a chance that he could play. And again, our Holford's not having a masterclass again. No No. way, no how. So boom, 
At plus 170, I really like them to beat the Boston Celtics. You have to imagine they're going to be the favorite against the Philadelphia 76ers or the Miami Heat just yeah. because they have history beating the Heat and the Sixers, we saw what they did tonight. That brings them back to the NBA Finals where last year they were just better than the Phoenix Suns. And then obviously they would have to play the Warriors and I don't know if they have an answer. I like Drew Holiday guarding Steph Curry and obviously we'll see how Draymond Green could do against Giannis. But at plus eight, that's plus 800 to win the right. NBA Finals. I love their odds right now. There's been a total market overreaction to that Al Horford masterclass, especially when you consider the fact that Chris Middleton is still a wild card to return. No, I agree. I agree. It's been a fun series to watch. You know, I think that uh, I think Giannis really set off uh, uh, Horford when he kind of gave him the stare down and talked a little bit of trash. And and I like Horford and his little his style of, OK, I got you. OK, let me show you this little uh, old school veteran in me. That I'm going to come back and have that that big time game. And he did. But I don't think that that's something that's going to be sustainable. And he's going to do it a whole lot of times. So uh, I still think Milwaukee. I mean, I, I penciled when this when the NBA uh, playoffs start, I penciled in the Bucks and the and the Suns to repeat and go back to the finals and square up. I don't know quite if the Suns are going to be able to do that because I didn't expect the Warriors to play as well as they they played, especially early on. So we'll see. Uh, right now, I'm leaning towards the Warriors, and that's not just me saying that with my heart. That's me saying it with, like, I think that the Warriors have a chance to do it, you know? So uh, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, hey, I, I would not go against that bet uh, with the Bucks either because that bet is – that's a good one right there, and there's a good chance that it could all come through. If you guys cash in that, chick, cash in that ticket, I want commission on that. Plus 170 to beat the Celtics. Yeah. Plus 400 to win the East plus 800 to win the NBA finals right now. Go ahead, put it in and then hit me back up when you get it. I want Buy your boy a burger or something, you know, <laughs> Give, do something good for your country, man. Give me a milkshake or something. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Q, you know, the one thing that we did see in game four between the Bucks and the Celtics uh, between Al Horford and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. We saw heart. That's true. We saw passion. True. Yes. Don't let, don't let me come up on here. Right after game six, wishing <laughs> that Joel Embiid and James Harden showed passion. Right. I'm going to be upset. There, take Show some the, heart. Hey, take them to the Wizard of Oz, my man. Get him a heart <laughs> and get him some passion, man. Show some heart. <laughs> show some desire. Yeah. Don't tap out. Be mentally tough. Don't right. be soft. Don't have your coach basically saying you played soft. We're not going. You can't go out like that. Well, I know right now James Harden is clicking some high heels together. I know he's clicking some high heels wherever he's at, some red high heels. He's clicking them together, and he's not because he's wearing them, if you know what I mean. So oh, uh, maybe he God. can go to the Wizard, go to the Wizard of Oz, get some heart and get some passion, him and Joel Embiid, and they can come out uh, on fire in game six. I'm just saying, throwing it out there. Win or lose, you got to play. Don't not, don't not play hard. What the right. hell? <laughs> what the hell? Jeez. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. That's your boy Q. Again, catch us on ESPN Radio game night on Saturday, this Saturday. Check us out. Subscribe, rate, review, Inside Green Room on, on uh, Instagram, Green Room Inside on Twitter. And you can catch Q on Twitter as well. Q, shout out your Twitter handle, please. Yeah, at your boy Q254. You can find everything I do. I like to dibble and dabble in a little bit of everything. <laughs> there we go. See you guys next time.
If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please leave a five-star rating and give a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Inside the Green Room is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. Clifford Augustin is the producer and Marissa Rivez is the acting director for sports podcasts at SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. SiriusXM Podcasts.